Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Sode number 179, the pretty boy Kelly of Sodes. Jack, that is uh, one story that I, and honestly, I don't know how. I, I'm going to blame it on off-season brain, but a, a story and an inside joke within the Titans community that just we completely missed on. We whiffed. We did not hit on it at all, and I'm a little bummed about not doing it. And for those that don't know the pretty boy Kelly saga, Hulk Oharsky, our uncle PK, was duped. He got duped with an old number of DeAndre Hopkins and went to text him for some quotes, which, I mean, you could say what you will about the journalistic integrity on texting someone for quotes that you've never, uh, or at least not without confirming that is their actual number, um, texted someone and they texted back as if they were DeAndre Hopkins and said that Tim Kelly... Their nickname for Tim Kelly was Pretty Boy Kelly. So it was a fake nickname that now I think has to be a real nickname, right? Like we have to just take this and run with it. And also, how funny is it that somebody else who had DeAndre Hopkins' old phone number went absolutely along with this whole thing? And for Paul Kaharski, who is really the journalism's police chief online mm-hmm. to get got like this. I mean, this is this is just the NBA eighth grade eighth grade source all over again for him. Yeah. It? Yeah. That one comes to us via Anthony Lehman at Anthony three, eight, zero, two, three, not to be mistaken with Anthony three, eight, zero, two, two, or uh, th- Anthony three, eight, zero, two, one Jack. We've got a great show today. We got uh, Austin Stanley, a to Z, the a and a to Z on the podcast. And uh, if you can put up with us talking a little bit about um, Brentwood High School football and Brentwood Blaze football, our old football playing days, uh, within like the first, I don't know, what would you say, like 25 minutes of the interview? (laughs) Then uh, we get to some really good, insightful Tennessee Titans talk. Um, He's always a blast. And then plus, we've got an actual, well, a quote unquote actual game to break down, a preseason game to talk about which we're not going to get too high and we're not going to get too low on it. Titans lost to the bears. I was there not to brag. Um, and we will get to all of that. But before we do, we got to first get a word from our friends and relax the back. The relax the back team sets out every day to help people in the Nashville area work better, live better and feel better. If you're like me and you struggle with insomnia issues, you can't go to sleep or you've got posture issues from maybe being hunched over at your desk or writing or typing on your computer all day long. Relax the Back is the place for you to correct all of these issues. They've got a variety of chairs that combat neck and back pain for those of us who are sitting up all day at work. They've also got the newest sleep technology in store, including Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses. They've got Bluetooth sound systems that'll help you fall asleep every night. The Relax the Back team is making sure that you're going to wake up feeling great after eight hours of sleep every single night. So go check them out. They're located at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee. It's right across the road from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater over in that shopping center. Um, If you're able to get there in person, don't worry about it. Check them out online. They've got everything in store up on their website at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. 
and get to feeling better today. When you go in, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. And with all that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in what is up, Playmates? Welcome to the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is August 16th, 2023, and football season has started. Psych! It's still not here yet, but a football game was played. That didn't mean anything, nor will any of us remember. Um, unless you go on some sort of undefeated streak like the Baltimore Ravens have gone on in preseason, then maybe the games get remembered, but even then, they still don't. Um, what a bunch so, of sickos in Baltimore. 26 straight in the preseason. It, like, it, it, that sounds like something the Colts would do. It sounds like something the Colts would do and be very proud about. Uh, it's just like the Ravens are a competitive team to where you should maybe hold something back in the preseason a little bit. But, but you kind of get trapped once you get on this winning streak, once it's been a couple of years, because you only play three or four a year. Now it's three. Um, but it, it's it becomes something that you almost have to keep up with because fans right. start getting attached. And it's the only reason you can put butts in seats in the preseason. Look, I hate the Ravens. Okay. But even with that, I want to be impressed by this. I do. I want to be impressed by this because if you think about it, there's so many variables at play and yet you're still winning all of these preseason games and they go and because I don't even know what it's at, like 23, 26? It's 24, 24, 24 in a row. Okay, so they're at 24 in a row games, and that's, I mean, I want to be impressed by it, but the more I talk about it and the more I think about it, the less impressed I get because, it's again, it's just preseason. It doesn't matter. Nothing about it matters, and that's what I, like, try and every time anyone tries to go nuts over you know, like I, I see it a lot out of Steelers camp. I see a lot of highlights of check out this catch from George Pickens. Like matter. Literally practice. All of this stuff is practice. And we stop practicing. Well, we stop caring about practice once the regular season starts. So why do we care about it now? It's because we've been in a, a, a voidless desert for so long. And we're starting to see actual footballs being thrown and handed off and guys tackling and stuff. And it just, it gets us going, but we have to remind ourselves, look, it does not matter. Now, with that said, Jack, what mattered from the, the Saturday game against the Bears? Well, uh, I Bears, thought a lot mattered. Bears beat the Titans. What was it? Uh, I believe the, tw- the final was, was 2017. 20 to 17. 2317 2317 and again uh, not the even the score matters i don't even know why i made a point to get that right um it I, there were some winners and losers of it because in a, in a sense it is like a um it is like your first dress rehearsal for the for the play that will be for the play that is opening up on broadway in mid september okay this was the first dress rehearsal how do we think the understudies did in their performance? Who were who was a let's let's do two winners and two losers. 
and we okay. can kind of talk this out together. Well, it, so who it was exciting. We, who was because a winner from Saturday? I, I think that on offense, I'll, I'll just go offense, defense. I, I think that a winner has to be Tajay Spears. I and, Okay, you have to lead with that because that, to me, he was the biggest so not so I don't even want to call it a surprise, but the biggest highlight of Saturday was, oh damn, Tajay. Okay. All right. You're looking for players to pop in the preseason, right? And yeah. you're not going to get to see a whole lot of the talented guys. Tajay Spears, it's clear that the Titans need to be careful with him moving forward in the preseason because I mean, I think I got all I needed in that one game in, in those two drives that he was in. Because you got to see him catch the football. You got to see him bring a kick out of the end zone. You got to see him convert on third and one. You got to see him on a toss play down the right sideline, getting the Titans up close to the 10-yard line. He looked just dynamic with the football in his hands, making dudes miss. I, I mean, I would hate to be in open field with Tajay Spears in front of me because I'm getting left in my shoes. My my jock strap is going to be on the floor. Like, I, I just loved what I saw out of him. He stood out and popped the most to me on offense. I, I know a lot of attention was paid to the quarterbacks, and I thought both of them played well. I thought Malik Willis absolutely took a step forward. And Levis, you know, Playing behind Willis, I, th I thought he did some good things. That rollout pass he made across the middle, um, I thought was good. Each of them threw a pick. Now you can blame Willis's on Josh Wiley if you'd like. Josh Wiley, I think if you threw that ball to him again, he'd come down with it. But it wasn't the best throw. It could have been better. So Willis ends up with a pick. But the scramble he had it, close to the end zone was nice. I, I just think that Tajay yeah, Spears I, I popped wanted, most for me. I wanted to make the quarterbacks my winners and put them on my winners, but but... Both of them had throws. I and I will blame. I'm not going to blame Willis's throw on Willis. I I think it's a that that's a fifty percent on Willis, fifty percent on Wiley because the ball was thrown yeah. very high in, in an area where you can you cannot afford to throw a ball high, and uh, Wiley was wide open. Now Wiley also does have to catch that, but I I I think so. I I do think that's kind of equally their parts, but. And that's why I'm not putting either of the quarterbacks as my winners because they were, I mean, they were close to putting together moderate statistics on the day, but those two interceptions kind of like brought us back to earth with them. So I'm even my number one winner. And how many times did you catch? How many times did you catch yourself on Saturday trying to catch yourself by saying Tajay Sharp? I like I, I we'll talk about it in the interview, but I, I wrote some notes down immediately when I first saw him, and it, it was it, he just looked like a dude who's ready to to bust defenses up in Week One. I know he's I, not going to have a prominent role because Derrick Henry's there, but man, you have a lot to work with behind Henry. Yeah, no, no, no. But I'm asking, I'm asking, how many times did you have to catch yourself calling him Tajay Sharp? Oh, for me, I didn't. I didn't. I, I'm, I I'm able to separate I, the two, unlike the announcers. I, I think it was. I think it was like it was three for me because I, I just keep thinking back to Tajay Sharp in Two Tone Blue back in the day, and it's hard. It's hard to go from a Tajay Sharp and then just a few years later, Tajay Spears. I have to constantly catch myself and it's that's one thing. Look, it's it's off season for us too. It's preseason for us as well. I'm going to have to work on that. Yeah. I, well, the announcing team's also going to have to work on that cuz they botched that more times than they should have. <laughs> but 
it doesn't help that there's probably only two Tajays in the entire NFL and they both played for the Titans within the last three, four years. Right. It's not easy. Not easy at all. Um, I, I'll tell you who a loser is. And I hate doing this because, you know, we're we're big on this guy. He's a fan favorite on this podcast. Ryan Stonehouse did not have a great day. Statistically, yeah. if you just looked at the box score, he'd be like, yeah, okay, this is a, this is a pretty good day. It's on average for him. My man was not sharp with his punts. Um, obviously, they, they got the one turnover on the high bounce on the one punt, but it's rare that you see a Stonehouse punt bounce before the returner. And he just did not, I don't know, to me, it was not a, a, a crisp day from Stonehouse. And I, it wasn't encouraging knowing that we're now all in on Stonehouse being this punter. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like his leg is going to get him out of trouble more times than not. And the ball did bounce in front of the returner on a couple occasions where we're used to seeing the ball bounce behind the returner and keep right. on rolling. Right. Right. We, we know he has the leg. It's all about directional kicking for Stonehouse. Um, wasn't a great showing. Also, you got to factor in the winds at Soldier Field. I mean, that's not an easy place to kick or punt, which is also tough for the kickers who each had a rough day. Trey Wolf missed his only field goal attempt where Shudak kicked a, you know, a kickoff ball out of, out of, out of bounds. So um, not exactly flawless from those guys either. Could have used a better special teams effort in general. Um, my last winner, and this is going to go right into my loser as well, Julius Chestnut. I thought that Julius Chestnut runs hungry. I thought that after last season, he, he looks comfortable in the offense. He's able to make guys miss, you know, battle through contact and is really going to put Hassan Haskins, who is my biggest loser from week one in a predicament when it comes to making the 53 man roster. We, we know Haskins has the off the field stuff already going on. But he may just be flat out getting beat by these guys that are already on the rock or that are in training camp right now. And Tajay Spears and Julius Chestnut, like if Haskins can't crack the top three at the running back position, there's no point in having him on this team. And right now, I don't think he's top three. Well, and if anything is true about the reports that came out about Hassan Haskins, then he is a big biggest loser in more ways than one. Um, yeah, not a great opening game in of the preseason for Hassan Haskins and not just based off of what he failed to do, but also based on what the guys around him did. And yeah. to me, it just made that former second round draft pick second, third round draft pick, second round draft pick, right? He was, who are you talking about? Hassan Haskins. Yeah. I, I believe he was third round draft pick. I could third be round draft pick. Thank you. Yes. Uh, the, it, it made him more expendable in my opinion. And um, we're, we're going to into more about uh, the game in, in particular with Austin Stanley, um, which Jack, is there anything we want to hit before going to Austin Stanley? Should we just go to him now? Uh, you know, obviously we'll get a word from our friends at BetMGM, but uh, is there anything I'm missing before we go? Yeah. I want to clean up. Haskins was a fourth round draft pick, but also, you know, another loser, for me, was Trey Avery. The defense that he played was not good. Um, he got picked on by P.J. Walker. I know he came down with that interception, but it was really just an errant throw from Walker that happened to land in Avery's lap. He got targeted time after time after time when he was in there. He got busted up on those two screens. He's so easy to block. 
If I'm an opposing offensive coordinator and I see Avery out there in place of Sean Murphy Bunting or Christian Fulton or Roger McCreary, whoever it is, I'm immediately throwing a screen to his side. He's just easy to block off. He got caught behind blockers on both DJ Moore's touchdown and Khalil Herbert's touchdown. He got flagged for a pass interference. I am majorly concerned about the depth in the secondary. Um, Josh Wiley had a bad day. The fumble also hurt him. Um, It's... You know, you just want to see some of these younger guys and some of these guys who we know are going to have decent-sized roles. Like, a backup cornerback is going to come into play sooner or later for the Titans in a 17-game schedule, most likely, especially with the injury history that Christian Fulton, or that Christian Fulton has. So, for Avery to get banged up like that, uh, I mean, against a hapless Bears passing attack is, uh, is definitely something to monitor for me. But I thought it was overall a good day. I, I thought a lot of the guys that I needed to see good days from had good days, like Levis, like Willis, like Spears, like some of the receivers. Roberson had a good day. Um, Kiarce Jack or Kiarce Jackson had a nice one. Um, I, it's it's just the start though. Like I, I need to see them build off this performance. I need some of the guys that had bad games who we heard from or we're going to hear from Austin had decent days of practice the following day. I need to see them bounce back in game action week two. Yeah. Yeah, because that's really where it truly is. Like, I mean, that's the closest you're going to get to the test of having the lights on. And you need to know that these guys are going to perform with the lights turned on come the regular season. Now, I if you're adding on a loser, then I need to throw on another loser to the list. And I, I, my loser, my last loser of the game is going to go to every Chicago Bears fan that I ran into <laughs> who asked me, do you really think you guys can win with T- Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback? Where do they get off? First of all, that's that's where I want to start. Bears, listen to me. And I love the Chicago Bears. I do. They're probably my number two team behind the Titans. It's a it's you know it's a distant second, but it is it is my number two team. I'd like to see them win. I would love to see a Bears Titans Super Bowl. That would be my dream. Me too. But where in the hell do you get off? You haven't had a franchise quarterback ever. Even Jim McMahon, who won a Super Bowl in 85, wasn't your franchise quarterback. And look, Jack, I know I'm digging uh, deep you, the Jay mm-hmm. Cutler stuff. I saw the look he, on your face. He was a, he took him to an NFC Championship game. He I'm did just saying. take him to an NFC Championship, but he, did, he was not true. He... He close. He he you know he flirted with it a little bit, but he was not he was not franchise quarterback. And the Bears are the only franchise in NFL history that has never had a four thousand yard passer. Never. Then that's crazy. Four thousand yards. It's not even that's not even like asking much. Now, can Justin Fields become that? Yes, certainly. And the are the Bears gonna have a much better season this year? Yes, certainly. But to ask anyone about their quarterback situation, that's like, mm-mm. no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's something that you can get away with. And especially, especially to the Bears fans who were asking me about Ryan Tannehill and saying, y'all can't win with Ryan Tannehill. Even after I would point out the fact that Ryan Tannehill has been the fourth highest rated passer since he took over as starter in 2019. Ryan Tannehill last most recent full season earns the number one seed in the AFC through the regular season. Ryan Tannehill had this Titans team that was abysmal last year off to a seven and three start before going down with injury. So 
what is this whole narrative that the Titans cannot win with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback? I don't get it. I don't see it. I think it, it, the Titans didn't do themselves any favors by drafting a quarterback in the, uh, in the second round of the last two seasons. But I I don't know. I that those those people get my loser nod from. Yeah, I like that, and it makes me wonder whether or not they sell mirrors in Chicago because some of those fans need to take a good hard look. <laughs> I, I'll I'll call yeah, Jay Cutler take a, a good, good hard look. But like Justin Fields has is five and twenty as a starter, and this is the savior, right? Like this is this is the guy you guys are counting on, no, the guy that's won five games. He didn't. Two he didn't. There's a lot of extenuating circumstances sure, there. It's it, it's like honest. the Titans last year, you know. Let, let's be honest. Fields hasn't looked anything like a passing like like a, a passer capable of putting up four thousand yards. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't shown any signs of that. All all he's done is you know scramble for you know a few big gains late in games when the score's already decided. So, I, I just I would much rather have Tannehill than Fields this year. I'll tell you that much. Um, but yeah, Bears fans have absolutely no place to talk, and the Tannehill narrative is just going to have to be ignored for for Titans fans uh, coming from a national media standpoint, or just you know anyone who's not in Tennessee clearly has the wrong perception of him. He's a winner. Right. Right. He's, he's won games for the Titans. He's been durable for the Titans. He doesn't light up the scoreboard. He doesn't light up the stat sheet. He's not a guy you start in fantasy every week. If, Who gives if you're, a damn? He wins. If he you're comes still back in the gonna, fourth quarter. Right. If you, yeah, exactly. The, yeah, most uh, fourth quarter comebacks. So any quarterback for those first, uh, what, two seasons until he went down with injury. Um, if you're still going to argue the fact that Ryan Tannehill, the Titans can't win with Ryan Tannehill, even after I, I, I spout off those stats, then you know what I say? Okay. Okay. You know, because it clearly you're not going to believe it until you see it. And even when you see it, you'll probably say, well, that's because they have Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins and you won't give the credit to them. So it's like, that's fine. All right. Fine. Fine. Uh, you know, well, you'll just have to just have to prove it on the field. And uh, that's one area where I do feel confident that the Titans can consistently do. Now, Jack, let's get to a word from our friends at BetMGM. BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend invitation just got so much bigger. Current users can log into BetMGM and go to the Refer-A-Friend invitation. You can get up to $2,000 in bonus bets because every time a friend signs up with BetMGM, they'll get $100 and you get $100, all in bonus bets. Text up to 20 friends this link. You can run that total all the way up to $2,000 in bonus bets and take advantage early on in the football season by starting off in the green. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issue. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800 800- 889-9789. You know, they say two heads are better than one. To me, I say two Austins are better than one, uh, which is why we're bringing on a the A in A to Z Sports. Austin Stanley on uh, to talk some 
what else? Well, I actually, no, let me, let me rephrase that. I was going to say to talk some Titans, but with this podcast, you never know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> it could be anything but Titans, but let's start with the Titans with Austin and Stanley. Austin, how are you, man? What's up? I was expecting uh Bruins opening because you know what week it is, right? Is it first, week zero? It's the, it's the first, I don't know if they still call it week zero, but I know there's high school football games being played on Friday night. That's, that's all I know. I have no idea who the Bruins are playing. Damn. I don't know Damn. if it's a home game. I don't know if it's a away game. I know it's probably Coach father Ryan the it's, show. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I remember, I always remember like when I was playing, it was like, always like father Ryan, the first week of the year. And which was weird because like they weren't in our division. We'd never yeah. like saw or played them any other point in like ever. It just, except for that first week of the year. And it was always, and the other thing I would remember is like, the sun would still be up in by like <laughs> halftime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just the hottest could possibly be. See, here's yeah. how I know that uh, your version of the Bruins won more games than I did because you guys played like lower uh, private school, Father Ryan. We got to play like uh, Oakland and, or Riverdale or Blackman oh, or all of those oh, just big dudes out in Rutherford County. So that was the difference in your Brentwood Bruins and my Brentwood Bruins. They're really just like three years apart. But are you yeah. saying he didn't? Are you saying he didn't play an SEC schedule, Paul? No, no, <laughs> didn't play nobody. Huff Huff Bruins didn't play nobody. <laughs> we uh we we did play Blackman and we played Blackman because that was my first touchdown. Uh, my yeah, but that was the Blackman that like Blackman. didn't have a, a senior class. Though. Oh, they were terrible. Yeah, they were really bad. Um, we, Blackman, I think we beat them 24 nothing. Speaking of Blackman, uh, Brentwood at Blackman, Friday, August 18th. All right. I'll see you guys there. Sweet. <laughs> hey, hey home God of, bless home and the, go home of the blaze. We can go deeper in that home of the blaze. Oh, if you, yeah. Now look, you, we started with high school football. Now let's go to peewee football. Brentwood blaze days. <laughs> Uh, my goodness. I remember those like they were yesterday. We can restart the intro to the podcast if we want to, Jack. If you just want to <laughs> no, cut all this, this works. Out. This works. This works. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even want to talk Titans anymore. I just want to talk old, old football memories with Austin Stanley, who, fun fact, and I don't know if I, 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 we probably brought this up on this podcast before. Austin Stanley grew up right down the street from me, uh, our yeah. entire lives, uh, just right down the street. And yeah, you, you could, get a hold of a baseball pretty good and it might roll to Huff's front yard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, it like I could have walked to Austin's house in five minutes, less than it was three wood for sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, which I don't know if you, if you're cause Austin, you're, you're a few years younger than me. Yeah. I don't, our friends always called that like hidden Oak drive. Oh, what was the street you lived on? Woodburn, Woodburn, Woodburn. And then what is it? Atherton? The other one. Yeah. Those three streets. <laughs> We called it, we called it the Chetto because it was like the Chenoweth ghetto. And uh, uh, was, so we called it the Chetto. Uh, again, more topics that no one cares about other than Austin Stanley and I, but that's what you get on this podcast, a Titans podcast that never really ever talks Titans. But now let's talk Titans. Okay. Um, Austin, I let's, I want to start here with you. You watched the the preseason game against the Chicago Bears mm-hmm. this weekend. Do you feel better after watching a game about the 2023 Tennessee Titans? Do you feel worse or do you feel completely indifferent? Like it didn't waver your opinion about the outlook to the season at all. Hmm. 
I feel better because that game made me feel better about the two quarterbacks. I think most everything else was exactly what I was expecting. Like I expected the defense to not be very good after, you know, the starters or any rotational guys played in the first little bit. Uh, and they gave up two huge screen touchdowns, which was not good. Uh, but hey, you can learn from that, right? Uh, and then I, I totally expect the offensive line to suck ass after the first unit. Uh, because they've been so bad. Like there've been times like in training camp where Will Levis has taken third team reps on team defense on full 11 and 11, and he's getting sacked in, you know, air quote sack in practice because the third team O-line is that bad. So I knew they were going to be that bad and they were going to give up sacks, but I liked what I saw from Malik. There are definitely a lot of growth and progression there. And I thought uh, if that's the worst Will Levis is going to look, then okay, we can we can deal with that and see where it can grow from there. Let's stick with Malik because you get to see him in practice a whole lot more than a lot of us do. Did you think he looked as good on the field against the Bears as he has in practice? Do you think he looks better? Where do you think Malik Willis really is? And in your mind, where does he have the most room to grow? I think he was maybe slightly better in the game than practice because he can run in the games. Like in practice, if he takes off running, Vrabel is going to get angry and blow the whistle and be (laughs) like, do it again. But, you know, he still doesn't throw the ball enough consistently on time in the right reads with good accuracy and and timing. Uh, But he was better in the game for the most part. And I like the fact that he didn't run that often on scrambles. He picked his spots and he took advantage of a couple of them. Uh, The rushing touchdown, I felt like when they were lining up, I was like, this is Malik run all day long. Like they've done some fun things that I can't really say. Uh, much more about when it comes to Malik running the football uh, by design in practice. And that was just the most vanilla play they did uh, where Malik got the touchdown run out of that. But they they have some things up their sleeves uh, with Malik's legs. But I thought he threw the ball with better timing. I liked a few of the throws he made um, to Treshawn Harrison late in that game. I like the fact that the first play of the game, he hit Chris Moore for a big catch and run. Then they had to delay a game but that didn't ruin the drive. Like, you know, a year ago you're at first and 15 and you're probably punting because Malik's going to get sacked on third and eight and, but they ended up scoring a touchdown drive from that. So I, I saw good growth. So slightly better than what we've seen in, in training camp practice. That's good to hear. Still, still pretty solid Malik QB two will have us QB three and can either can will jump Malik at any point during the rest of camp. Um. I do think there's a possibility for Levis to jump Malik. Um, man, it's they it already kind of closed the gap because for the first seven or eight days of practice, it was strictly Malik second team, Levis third team. Then Jack, we talked about this in the morning show one day of like, hey, when's the next time, the right time you put Levis up there on the second team? Mm-hmm. And they did it like three hours after we talked about yeah, it. Yeah. And and so so yeah, I don't know if we were just <laughs> predicting that or not, but and so you're seeing more of it of them splitting second team reps. Um, you know, Levis can do it. He's more ready to play in the NFL now. He was Will Levis was more ready to play in the NFL last fall when Malik got benched for Josh Dobbs. That's just how steep of a learning curve it was from Hugh Freeze and Liberty. I mean, that's such a good thing though, because we're here ta- talking about how Malik Willis looked good, and you know, we feel good about him as QB two yet. 
the gap isn't insurmountable for Levis right behind him. And Austin, I was on the draft show with you and they took Levis and you weren't so sure about it. But I want to ask you now, has your opinion changed at least a little bit? What does what does Levis, I'll ask the same question about Levis that I did Willis, what does Levis need to improve on the most um, from now until the beginning of the season? Or, you know, I mean, even throughout the season, because yeah, if something happens to Tannehill right now, it looks like Willis will be able to step in there. Hmm. I think it's hard for, for Will Levis, like the biggest knocks on him were uh, key turnovers just ruin games at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And he threw a sale to football yeah. to quadruple yeah. coverage to lose the game to the Bears. Like you know, it's just that's <laughs> what Will Levis's kryptonite is, is just the worst turnovers at the, the worst time. Uh so look, I I think there's some things that he did in that game where you see, okay, that makes sense. Like the throw that he almost hit Gavin Holmes to that maybe was a walk-off touchdown. Yeah. I and mean, we were look. Will Levis was four or five inches away from being the talking point of the entire NFL preseason week one weekend. If Will Levis goes in there and hits a receiver on a, avoids a sack, avoids a, another swipe at the football, backs through, steps, stays square, throws and delivers a, a crossing route deep ball to a receiver who just walks in the end zone for a win. CJ Stroud wasn't that good. Bryce Young didn't do that. Dorian Thompson Robinson didn't do that. Anthony Richards didn't do that. Setson Bennett tried to throw touchdown passes late, but like Will Levis would have dominated the news cycle for the whole weekend, four or five inches away. Um, and maybe if it was a different receiver besides Holmes, then they would have gotten there because he's a smaller, shorter statured guy. But yeah, you know, I, I I like Levis more than I thought I would on draft night. Uh, he's got the he's got everything you want in a quarterback. It just, the, the decision-making has to improve and you're not going to improve that until he does it. Switching gears just a little bit, staying on offense. Um, we talked about Tajay Spears this morning on the morning show. And I was telling you that when I was watching the game back on NFL game pass, I wrote three words next to his name on the very first drive. And that those three words were grab your pants in all caps, because oh, whenever, he has the, <laughs> whenever he has the right. ball in his hands, it just seems like something big's about to happen, whether it was on the kickoff return where he looked so shifty and he can make people miss there, or it was even in short yardage, a third and one he converted. The toss play where he kind of wiggled his way down to the 10-yard line for a big gain. I mean, it just seemed like he was able to do a little bit of everything in a short amount of time on the field. How excited are you about him, and, and really what do you see his role being this year? Something about you two and running backs with the Titans in your pants, you know. They, they they do it to us. Have a problem. <laughs> there's a hole, there's a hole, there's a hole in our game there. Yeah, <laughs> a hole in somebody's pants, and maybe yeah. soon, that's soon not the only hole. That's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's soon to be. Yeah, I I was probably just as confused in the Tajay Spears draft pick as I was the Will Levis draft pick. So, um, <laughs> so I I like him a lot. Like, you know, he is. The Matt Miller tweet about running backs that fired up everybody like a month ago of draft the running back, play the running back, draft the running back, play the running back. Like that's Tajay Spears. Like his knee is not going to last more than like five or six years. But can the Titans get a really good few years out of him? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's really explosive. He's not like straight line fast by any means, but you can't tackle him in a in a phone booth. Like he's quick. Mm-hmm. He's that whole thing. He's got really good hands. His route running is really shifty. Like there was a Monday in practice. I think he went up against the Z's 
in um, one-on-one like goal line pass drills, which is the, the DB is going to lose almost every time. But he made a move on Aziz Alshire that made Aziz jump out and Spears just jumped right back through and everybody goes, ooh. <laughs> and, and it was in the bubble, so it echoed a little bit when everybody did that. And he caught like an easy touchdown on Aziz. And there's just so many different ways the Titans can use Tajay Spears as long as he can stay with it, like with the mental capacity of knowing his job, how can he do on pass protection? Can he make sure that they're not throwing too much at him? I think he's a smart guy. Uh, it's just, you know, he's so versatile that they could, I could see it very easy to overwhelm somebody like that because there's so many different fun things you can do. I'm not worried about the Titans only getting four or five years out of him. I'm worried about the Titans only getting one year out of him. Like that's what I feel like, with this, uh, the past two seasons have tainted my outlook on really any hope that I have for the Titans because, I, look, I, do I think Tannehill's going to be great this year? Yeah. Do I think he's going to stay healthy? I don't know. Derrick Henry, same thing. Uh, same thing with uh, with Spears. Like, is is there any, any I guess, um, optimism towards the Titans staying any healthier than they have in the, in the past two years, because one year that's, that's a, that's an off mm -hmm. offspring, you know, the two years that's starting to become a trend. Yeah. And now I don't know what to expect coming into this third year. I don't want to say too much because, um, have you guys heard of a practice injury that's happened so far this camp? Oh, not geez. really. Now we have to knock on that wood so bad. But seriously, right? No, yeah. it's been pretty. It's been pretty clean up to this point. O oh, OJ, geez. the the undrafted rookie tackle, he got yeah. hurt um, in a practice in the rain a week and a half or so ago. We haven't seen him since. And then you had some guys banged up in that game against the Bears. I think Jonathan Ward might be out for a little bit. They just signed the new running back from the XFL. Um, you know, the one defensive lineman who was not going to make the roster went on IR. He's out for the year. Uh, there's some others, but you know, there really hasn't been anything. Oh man, we are going to, we, this is, this you is going me to the be the question. I, don't I know, know, I know, but I just know how this is going to go. <laughs> this is going to be clipped and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be broadcasted of like, wow. Tighten up podcast jinxes the Titans. And now we're going to get a plethora of injuries hey, hey, now. Hey, hey, hey. Would it really be a jinx though? If they're coming off two of the most like, <laughs> yeah, gruesome, they, no, yeah. Wouldn't it be a jinx? NFL it would be, yeah. It'd be par for the course. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. think we have that much power anyways, but Austin, when it comes to the receivers, uh, it's pretty clear that there's a top four, right? You've got D hop Burks, NWI, Chris Moore, whatever order you want to put them in. Throw Kyle Phillips in there, you really have a five. If they do uh, keep you were you were right with you have a top four. You just okay. messed up the four. Okay. Well, uh, anyways. In so my who mind. <laughs> well, let's do an let's do an updated power ranking. Okay. Uh okay. who who are your guys that you believe are gonna make the 53 and who's on the outside looking in right now? I think there are four locks at receiver. Burks, Hopkins, Phillips, Chris Moore. Those four guys are making it. Chris Moore, he might have fumbled and dropped oh, another no. pass. He's going to be fine. Chris Moore is a more explosive, smoother runner in WI who has a higher ceiling as a pass catcher. And you did not and, put him in the top four. Uh, I don't think NWI is a lot, guys. Really? I, like, that I was shocking. 
at some, like, I think Chris Moore, who has made it to year eight or whatever it is for him in the NFL on playing special teams 85% of the time, and he's a better receiver than NWI, is there going to be a redundancy in Chris Moore and NWI? I mean, NWI has got a one-year contract, just over a million dollars. There's, like, no dead money on it. So you can cut him, and it's fine. Like, they kind of gave him that option when they re-signed him in the spring. And then you look at now who's going to take that job for the fifth spot away from Nick. Cause he is definitely number five. I just don't think he's a lock right now. And you just need somebody else to step up. Colton Dowell, I don't think is there yet. I like his future, but he's two years away. I think I've seen enough from racing McMath to know that he's not really going to help you that much as a wide receiver consistently, or really as a special teams player. I just don't think he can tackle and his routes are not, clean enough and jack brought this up on the morning show when have you ever seen racing math run with the football in his hands like every catch he makes is like sliding or diving or falling or yeah, out of yeah, yeah. he just never is up on his feet and his speed's um, his biggest characteristic that, that's what everybody's so excited about with him yeah, yeah. his name is racy <laughs> we don't get to see it after he has the ball in his hand but the math doesn't add up. And so now yeah. I think he, I think I made that joke on here before. I think that's a jam. I love it. Still plays. Yeah, I know. Uh, but so for him now, I don't think he's worth it. It's year three, like get it together. And it's not really together yet. Then who else do you have? Is it Reggie Robertson who I like? Is it Kiaris Jackson? Who's a Georgia four-star recruit product. that just never really had much production in school. Uh, is it uh, who am also my list? Harrison, yeah, Treshawn Harrison, I like a lot too as a receiver. But now you're talking about a special team spot on the roster, and I don't know how much uh, experience Harrison has at, as a special teamer coming out of the Pac-12. But um, I, I like a lot of their guys. They have, you know, receivers seven through ten. It's just I, I just don't know if one of them can actually knock NWI off of the roster yet. Well, who's your six? You didn't you didn't give me a six. I don't know if you're gonna have a six. Mason really. Kinsey. Yeah, right. Mason Kinsey. Yeah. No. As <laughs> hard as Mason Kinsey works and as good as he is in practice, as much of an example that he sets in practice, he there's just no purpose for having him on the actual roster. I bet he makes practice squad. Well, yeah. <laughs> like he, think- he's He's not going in. Like, there's no way Mason Mason Kinsey's going to have a 12 year career in the NFL, and it's all going to be on the Titans practice squad. Yeah, he's going to be like that that triple A guy, that lifer in oh in triple A, and then he's gonna he's gonna get called up for you know for a game like in his eighth eighth year, and everyone's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be an ESPN E60 story about him. He made his be... debut and he's 35 years old. Yeah. Titan There's that guy like every blue moon in baseball. Yeah. Like John Singleton, I think, just got called up for the Astros, <laughs> who spent three years out of baseball, like failed three drug tests, was yeah. gone for eight years, cut gets called up, hits two home runs in the same game. I feel like that's gonna be Mason Kinsey, and he catches a big touchdown in like week 15 against the Colts <laughs> or something. Yeah. What's the yeah. Titans record in that game? To be determined. Oh, we're we're talking like eight four. years down the road. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, it, yeah. It's better than the Colts, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so on the defensive side of the football, I'm a little worried about the secondary. I like. I understand that Fulton, SMB, McCreary, and you got Byron and Hooker back there. Molden fits in wherever he can get in. Um, 
But behind those guys, I was really, I was really upset watching watching that game back. PJ Walker kind of targeted Trey Avery, who I feel like is kind of the next man up over there. Is the secondary the biggest question mark that this defense has? Because I, in my mind, this is a top ten defense in the NFL. If everybody stays healthy, yeah, I think it's which are you more concerned about? Is it the inside linebacker next to Aziz or like the mm. fourth corner? Good question, because that's Gibbons, Rice. Chance Campbell. Campbell's behind him. Neiman's behind him. Gifford. And then the corner, it's Christian Fulton has had a really good camp. Like, really good. Like, I mentioned the one-on-ones on on the goal line, receivers and defenders. Like, there's one guy on the Titans defense that's routinely winning one-on-one reps that he's not supposed to win, and it's Christian Fulton. Like, Roger McCurry had a really good rep against Kyle Phillips from Tannehill Monday, too. But Fulton is always in tight coverage. It's he's making it hard on a receiver in a receiver favorited drill. And sometimes he's had a couple PBUs in those in those spots, too. But I, I like Fulton a lot. I think Roger McCreary is a solid uh, slot corner right now. SMB, um, you know, he looks the part, but is he going to be the same guy that he was in Tampa the last few years that was getting burned every once in a while for those? I think why. Hmm, why I think I'm okay with the Titans secondary right now is because um, I think the front is that good that it's just going to make their jobs a little easier. That's good. Because it is a symbiotic relationship, right? Like if, if the defensive yeah. lines get into the quarterback, it makes the secondary's job easier. Yes. I, okay, I, I'm glad you're optimistic. I, I, I'm just worried that they're going to revert back to that defense a couple of years ago that was so, so good. 95% of the game, but had the tendency to give up those big plays, those, those killer plays. Yeah. Like when the Ravens beat us, yeah. Lamar Jackson slipped away for like a 75 yard run or whatever it was. I'm worried that that's the defense we're going to get this year. I'm excited that Landry's back, but I don't know how much he'll be able to give like Arden key. We haven't gotten to see really. I, I, I do hope that this pass rush is up to par or at least up to, you know, the top 10 standard that I think we have for them. But I'm just worried about giving up that big play, man, because the Bears did it twice to them. And I know I know it's second teamers, but still, it, it gives me some concerns. I'm actually okay with them messing up on those screens because like, I think there's two things that came out of that Bears game. That, sorry, my phone rang. It about scared the crap out of me. Uh, but <laughs> there's two things in the Bears game that – that I that I was like, okay, I'm glad that happened in the first preseason game. One of them was uh, that Chris Moore fumbled on the second play of the game, yeah. Uh, even though it was down by contact, because guess what drill they did the first time the wide receivers went to indie indie drills in uh, Monday's practice? Ball security. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, right. I, I, it's a good thing that they gave up screens early because now that's an emphasis for them to go fix. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the it's for the same reason I don't put too much stock in quarterbacks throwing picks in practice because I feel like, look, now's the time to throw interceptions in practice. Now's the time to s- test your limits, see what you can do, see what you can do. If the, if the defense is going to give up big plays, the first preseason game is the is the like the time to do it is to. Yeah. You have the most time to fix it before real games start. And then, you know, like, you know, you know what you're working with. And then, yeah, on top of that, it's you're going against the Bears number ones. And they're look, the Bears are nothing to bat an eyelash at the the days of the two and what 
15 bears are gone. Like they're, they're going to yeah. be good this year or decent, you know, at, at Better, worst. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. More talented. They, they had a bunch of money to spend and they went and got DJ Moore and traded for some people and, and, got new players. So they're going to be better. <laughs> like right. Right. They've, they've, they've been the same thing. It, it, it was wide receiver and offensive line were their two biggest glaring needs in the off season, much like the Titans, they went out and they fixed those. And I think they're going to be, they're going to be solid. So I'm like kind of with you where it's like, yeah, it, you'd never want to see your team give up those big plays, but let's not, the sky is not falling. This guy isn't even, you know, it's not even dripping right now. <laughs> like it is, We've got we've got time to to fix it now. Yeah. One 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 area where I was a little concerned with on the game, and uh, I I was there in person, guys. Not to brag. Oh, how about you? <laughs> now, did you keep see Sam mind, and Buck? Did you see Sam and Buck? They were they were there. No, no, but I did see um some things because I uh I was a few Miller lights and a tequila shot deep, but it was uh, I did see, and I and this wasn't my blurry vision because it happened earlier in the game some wobbly punts from freaking Ryan Stonehouse. That was not something I was expecting to see. In fact, to the point where I looked down and I was like, who's punting right now? Do they have a backup punter on their roster? And it was, no, it was just Stonehouse. And he was not, not kicking the hell out of the football. Like we've come to know, like, is that, is there any cause for concern? I know Vrabel kind of hit on it a little bit uh, earlier this week, but like, am I out of my mind for like at least having a feeling a little bit of panic there? I've referenced Monday's practice a few times because of like how guys bounce back after, you know, like Josh Wiley had a good practice on Monday after having a terrible game Saturday. Yeah, he was uh, he was bad. He... Ryan Stonehouse hit the uh, ceiling of the bubble on Monday. All right, he's back. <laughs> all right all right like drilled it like going up <laughs> just i was like oh that's interesting like through the light fixtures that hang and like hit the right. bubble well and i feel like his biggest knock though is his directional punting is there any is, is that kind of like an accuracy accuracy thing for quarterbacks where it's like you either have it or you don't i don't know i've never punted <laughs> like, you asking me that question like i don't know i don't look you're around you're around uh, practice all the time yeah, yeah, talk? Talk? Like, i don't know <laughs> yeah that's what's getting all the the traffic on social media is asking you know about ryan stonehouse in depth quite here's the honestly though like i don't think has anybody heard from ryan stonehouse this training camp no because the punters and kickers like as soon as practice ends and we can talk to players they just like run away and then you just never see them so we wow. haven't talked to yeah. I don't think anybody's talked to Ryan Stonehouse. Austin, the the, the I real can get media. you Brett Kern's number if you want to ask somebody that that would know more about that. We do because, need to reach out to. Brett well, Kern. yeah. I mean, I think we need Brett Kern's number for other reasons. I don't reasons. have it, but I know a guy who has it, and I All can right. have him. Text we need you. to. We need to. We need to get that because we need to get his story. The AJ Trapasso interview last week, he alluded to. Yeah, a you story. had a guy on last week that could have perfectly answered this question. Why? Well, we didn't know. We didn't know Stonehouse was going to suck. In we the also game didn't know Trapasso was loaded with like three of the best stories yeah. I've ever heard on this. Yeah, podcast. I was going to say, and we had plenty. Like we <laughs> we utilized as much out of Trapasso as we possibly could get. That was one of the better interviews I think we've ever done. That was there. We got so much content out of him, it was great. but. The um, I laughed but, all weekend at the Cowboys thing. All the whole weekend, I just would laugh at it. Like it, like oh, so good. Like I wouldn't watch it for like three days, but I would just sit there and I'd <laughs> laugh at him telling that story about Jerry Jones. Damn it! Like it was just that funny. 
It, yeah, that was, and I, I feel like that, that one hit a nerve, like, like, cause everyone remembers that obviously when that, that whole thing went down, cause it went made national news, but then everyone loves to laugh at Jerry Jones. So anything you can just poke fun at Jerry Jones. Yeah. You, people are going to freaking love it, which <laughs> we did, but, uh, okay. Yeah. Cause we need to get that story from Brett Kern about, uh, how he ended up in Denver. Cause AJ was That's something to do with Colquitt too. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. It was like Fort Knox trying to get that out of AJ. Was like, no, come on. Like the Vrabel <laughs> yeah. urban Meyer stuff, like give me more. Come we on. almost have to have him back on for a second time, yeah. which might. is something yeah. that I never thought we'd have to do. Have AJ Trapasso on for two episodes. Yeah. And but, it would be nice to have a guest that can answer my freaking punning question. <laughs> <Jeez. yeah, right? laughs> but okay. I, so we, you know, we do the hype machine around here Yeah, and you know, Every year we've done it, it's gone to one of the wide receivers. This year, I feel like Tajay Spears has a leg up right now. But in your mind, who are some dark horse candidates that are balling out in practice that we may not have gotten to see enough of in that preseason opener against Chicago that could be hype machine nominations? Is Tajay Spears too high of a draft pick to be val- like available for the hype machine? Uh, I mean, not is really. He available? Is he available? Yes, he is available, but... You know, it's it it's kind of a, that's a, like the easy answer right yeah. there. It, it, you know? it kind of goes to a, fr- a guy that's gonna you know a fringe roster guy, right? Tajay right. Spears is a lock. Yeah. So Tajay Spears is like a significant contributor. Like, could we have given the hype machine to AJ Brown back in the day? Yeah, we sure. But we gave it to Khalif Raymond. You know, <laughs> <laughs> idiots. <laughs> well, uh, okay, hype machine. Uh, Jaden PV was is a good one. Okay. Ooh, okay. I think Sam I like that. Sam was high on PV. Yep. Yeah, he yep. was. Um, you know, I Eric Gar, uh 33 corner. He's a good one that you could look at look at moving forward. He's like five foot eight, 170 pounds, but he's yeah. ferocious. Huge and, TFL against the Bears. Yeah, and he can return punts. So I think that's something to look at. So I think Eric Gar would be one. Um, Kevin Byer loves uh, Amani Marsh from Washington State, number 25 right. corner. He nicknamed yeah. him Money Marsh. So I think that's something that's worth keeping Look, an eye on. Anytime you get a nickname, that helps your that's stock a, a lot. Ex- yeah. That boosts you 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think of a non skill guy because skill guys are too easy to, to, to hype up. Yeah. Um, I think those two PV's a good one inside. Um, and there's no offensive line good enough to have a hype machine we would never was... nominate an offensive lineman for hype machine i just want to be upfront about that well at least not right now geez <laughs> no you can I'll, only hype no those are my two offerings uh the two corners okay i like i like gar especially um money marsh also has a nice ring to it as well yes it, the, the receivers it just feels like it's gonna be tough to find one of those guys because they're all so bunched up and none of them get more opportunities than the other i mean they're both all these guys are out there for a drive or two and then it's the next guy's turn you know yep. so we yep. don't get to see enough of them and the days of racy mcmath mason kinsey all those guys are gone they've passed because i mean they've been with the team they've been hyped for years mm-hmm. um maybe not hyped but they've been talked about at least for years reggie robertson is a good one because yeah. he and levis have a good connection so i think sideline catch levis- yeah, if Levis plays like strings together like three or four series in a row, if they change their plans on the quarterback rotation, I could see Levis and, and Robertson linking up a few times, you know, consistently in a game. 
because they've done that in practice a lot. Well, and the Titans okay. dedicated a uh, a tweet to Reggie, so uh, I feel like that is good PR work for the hype machine, you know. And that's part of the game too, is like getting that buzz, generating that buzz. And if you got the t- if you got Nate Bain and the social team behind you, I mean, look, that helps the hype. You need two things in your corner: Nate Bain and a nickname for Mike Vrabel. If you yes, get a yes, for Mike yes. Vrabel, you're in a great spot. <laughs> Money Marsh and uh, Robertson, I think, are leading the pack right now. Yeah, uh, I like it. The now heading into Minnesota on Saturday, the I I one of the things that kind of bothered me with, I guess the game, and I can't get mad at Vrabel because obviously he wasn't coaching. Um, <laughs> I I didn't love how they went. Uh, wh- what every series or every two series with the quarterbacks? Yeah. Or is that will that change at all? This like, have you heard anything of like that potentially changing this uh, off season? to where like guys are getting like a full quarter, because I feel like, especially when it comes to quarterbacks, that's how you gain that rhythm and that, that, that momentum. And you get a like more of a feel for the game than just every few series, no matter the circumstances. Yeah. I, I was kind of Sam and I were talking about this before the bears game. I was like, I would like them to see one half, one half, you know, right. Malik first half, Levis second half and let him go do it. But I do get what Vrabel kind of explained it is that they're fighting for the backup quarterback job. You know, they're going to be thrown into something like rarely right, does the backup right. quarterback have like a whole week to prepare at some point. Oh, Tannehill goes down. You got to go like warm up. Let's roll. It's the third quarter. It's third and seven and you're down by four figure it out. And so I think that's kind of where Vrabel's mindset is. I, he was asked, I think on Sunday, like, are you going to change it up? He said, I don't know, maybe like, which cool, but yeah. <laughs> thanks, <Brave. laughs> but, uh, like, so what are you trying to like, what are you trying to learn? You're trying to learn who's going to be the backup quarterback, but you also at the same time want to be able to develop these guys and let them have an opportunity to mess something up and then try to put it back together in the next couple of drives. So if I were the decision maker, then you've done the rotation now, maybe go one half for each. And then in the third game, figure out how you can, whatever you didn't learn from those, make the plan based off of the, how the first two go. Or you flip it and you go Levis first half in the third game and maybe Willis first half in the second game. Sure. Let Will Levis have a drive with the starting offensive line. If they're going to play. Yeah. Do you know if we'll see Tannehill, Derrick Henry, DeAndre at all in any of these three games, or are they going to sit out the entire preseason? Because I feel like what last year and maybe the year before that, they didn't play at all in the preseason. And that's led to some pretty lackluster performances come week one. Um, I know, especially two years ago, and you could argue last year against the Giants was a little lackluster as well. So is, is there any plan to change that? Have you heard? I don't think so. Um, I mean, of the three you named, I think Tannehill would be most likely to play because it's a new offense. But, you know, the way Tannehill's out there running training camp practice, uh, I forget which receiver said it, but there was a receiver that said that Tannehill was basically talking about the offense like he created the offense. And so I think he doesn't need any in-game live action to get up to speed with what Tim Kelly wants to do. So uh, there's no way in hell Derrick Henry puts on shoulder pads in the preseason. DeAndre Hopkins, the same thing. I think Tannehill's the most likely, but still probably not going to happen. Uh, second to last question for you. The Arden P sack total, where are we at? 
Uh, so we were at 20. What day was that? That was um, one point last week. So I haven't asked in the last two practices. Okay. We're, we're getting close to the NFL record though, right? That's yeah. uh that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, may, yeah, maybe Brett Favre can fall down and he can over, yeah. overtake that record. Um, and then last question, uh, I figured since, uh, we, we didn't start with Titans, let's not end with Titans. Um, Fair. Elon Musk versus Zuckerberg, who you got in a, in a UFC fight UFC. Yeah. I mean, probably Zuckerberg. Yeah. Really? I mean, look, uh, uh, Elon's got the height and, uh, you know, wingspan advantage. Yeah, but I don't think he's got much stamina. (laughs) He's built like a bowl of mashed potatoes. I I I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But he's got stamina in terms of uh, making uh, decisions, uh, changing massive things within Twitter. Yeah, it's true. I think the only way Elon wins is a first round knockout. Okay. All right. That would that would be so embarrassing to get knocked out by Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I mean, that would be terrible. How bad he's been, would he's be? been like putting work in though. I know, but still Mark Mark Zuckerberg is gonna knock you out. <laughs> you gotta watch out, Jack. Uh, I'll uh, take Mark Zuckerberg. You think you right can now. take him? No, absolutely not. <laughs> you don't- Hey, wingspan advantage though. You know, you don't don't count out Jack and his size. Jack's got the height advantage there. Yeah, I'll just I'll just, re, I'll just flick him in the nose a bunch of times until he yeah. Jack is like sneaky, really tall. Like he is. Jack is like insanely I'm six tall. Two. Jack, That's not like insanely tall by any. Jack, no, no, no. Jack is Conan O'Brien. Like when he's every time he stands up, you're like, go. <laughs> <What the laughs> oh <heck>? my gosh! <laughs> no, I'm not. That's ridiculous. My goodness. Oh my god. Uh Zach, who I mean Zach. Austin, who wins in a uh UFC match between you and Zach? Uh probably me. Um, I don't know the last time Zach has exercised, but I haven't been <laughs> I, 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 I'm just be honest. Like, I don't know. You need to bring him to Mandu. <laughs> yeah. Bring bring him to the orange theory. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to get back into it. Uh, but yeah, probably. MMA, I don't know. Well, because there's a, there's a crazy factor that goes into MMA. There certainly is. There is. I think yeah. that's where Zach has an advantage over me, um, for sure. I think we're both similar levels of crazy, but he's got a, an extra gear of crazy that he can jump into. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it'd be pretty even. He's also okay. tall as well. Like Zach. Yeah. Right. Too. What's yeah. your walk in song? You got to walk into a song in a UFC fight. What are you picking? Good question. Oh man, I had a good one. It's a Nappy Roots song, but now I can't remember the name of it. Nappy Roots. Oh my gosh! Wait, wait uh, them downtown pies on the ride with the big fat reel. Yes, that song. That one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm uh, trying to find the name. It's not good. Oh no. Yeah, that's it. Oh no. oh no! Hell, country boys, country boys on the ride. <laughs> that's it. Just big the fat wheels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Oh man, I like that. That's solid. Uh, you, you guys just can ask me. I mean, like, you know, I went to the I went to UFC Nashville, and by far the most intimidating walkout song of the entire thing. Somebody walked out to "Hail Mary" by Tupac, and I just thought that you can't beat that. Like, there's no song in the entire world that has what "Hail Mary" has. Yeah. What about "Thong Song" by Cisco? Sing a couple for me. Wait, you don't know Thong Song? I mean, I may know it if you sing it. What? 
Hey, Austin. Uh, hey, Austin, why don't you step aside real quick here with me? Now that I got oh, you man. and uh, management, um, do you think I could? Do you think you guys could hook me up with a co-host that I don't know is older than sixteen? <laughs> <laughs> Someone who gets references that are uh, come just, on, sing it, sing a couple. The, here's a couple the problem: bars. is that like a sixteen-year-old would know the thong song because it's funny, like that. Yeah, right, like I thought thong song was universally known. Like next to next to you know anything written by Francis Scott Key, it is our national anthem. It is. Uh, the thong song. I mean, let I, me see that thong, baby. That thong, the thong, thong, thong. Nothing, Jack. Jack. This is not even like. What is dude, your problem, man? I don't. I don't think so, guys. Oh can you fire him now that we have you here, Austin? Can you just fire him right here on the spot? I can definitely dox and pay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to listen to this after the interview. I did not look. That is 1999. I did not realize that was a 1999 song. That's been a bit. It's been a bit. I mean, but yeah, it was. It was. It was, just... it was popular like MTV's Spring Break back in the days, uh, which I know Jack. I just no idea what that is. Um, well, you know <laughs> whose line is it anyway? It was my time. Real life was my time. Okay. All right. Who's All right. the Austin. host of Whose Line Is Anyway when you were watching that? <laughs> yeah. What's his name? I don't know. I think it was, I don't want to say this because it was like a, it was a recent news piece on TMZ, but I don't think it's appropriate for the podcast. I'm trying to think of his name. Drew Carey. Okay. It wasn't Drew Carey who I was thinking of. But oh yeah, my Carey. gosh. Okay. All right. This is where we need to end the interview. This is where this is exactly where we need to end the interview. Quite possibly the podcast. We might just need to end the podcast. Oh my gosh. Like people are listening to the final episode of Tighten Up Podcast. It was a good run (laughs) while we had it. It was there are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Our thanks goes out to Austin Stanley. We should have asked Austin who he would think would win in a in a cage match between you and I. That's what we should I think, have done. I think that I win 10 times out of 10. What? 10 out of 10? I'm just going to overwhelm you with my length. Okay. I'll just nut tap you over and over. Well, not if you can't get close. Yeah, not if you don't have a nut sack. All right, look, before we get into an actual cage match, let's talk about the cage match that is the AFC South this season. Um, the Titans weren't the only team to debut a uh, a quarterback. Uh, Anthony Richardson, we got our first look at him as the Colts quarterback, who is now the week one starter. So wow. all of that speculation that Gardner Minshew could become the number one. Nope, it's Anthony Richardson, which I hate this and i would hate this if i was a colts fan i would hate this like I, I, that's not me coming as a titans fan i hate this i actually love it for a titans fan yes if i'm a colts fan i hate it don't do not start i i don't like starting rookie quarterbacks week one of their rookie season i think there's way too much of a learning curve unless you are one of those generational talents like an andrew luck or and Aaron Rodgers, maybe, but even he didn't start his rookie season. Like it's like, unless you are the elite of the elite and Anthony Richardson wasn't even the best of his draft class. Like if you want to start Bryce young, that all right, fine. I get that. Maybe. Yes. Even that, even them, I, I still think it's like, 
you know, there's going to be a, a massive learning curve there as well. But I think it's like, unless you are a Peyton Manning, unless you are an Andrew Luck, uh, maybe Eli Manning. And Peyton Manning know, had the worst rookie season of any quarterback ever. Like, it's hard even for the best of all time. He did. He did. And right. So, like, don't don't throw these guys to the wolves so soon. And Anthony Richardson, I'm, I don't know. I'm like, if I'm a Colts fan, I'm like, we have a very capable quarterback in Gardner Minshew sitting on our bench. Why not start him for at very least the first few weeks? See what kind of start you get out to. And then let the rookie take over after that, if you want. It's interesting. It almost seems like this was planned after the first preseason game, announce a starter. It's like Ursay may have mandated that because there's nothing about that game that says Anthony Richardson should start over Gardner Minshew. Anthony Richardson went seven of 12 for 67 yards and a pick and didn't really look like he knew what was going on out there. Like he averaged 5.6 yards per attempt. That's brutal. Much worse stats than, than what Will Levis did. And, and yeah, Anthony Richardson, you draft him for his legs. Well, he only ran for two for seven yards. And I understand you may not want him putting himself in harm's way in the preseason, but still, like, that performance was not exactly deemed worthy of n- naming him as a starter, right? Right. Because Gardner Minshew went out there and completed all six of his passes for 72 yards, didn't throw a pick, had a, a quarterback rating almost three times that of Anthony Richardson. So this was absolutely scripted somewhere in the Colts front office to name a starter after the first preseason yeah. game. And it was always going to be Anthony Richardson, no matter how out of place that he actually did look. Right. And, and look, and I, I understand, I do think there is something to the naming the starter early, just so your team can kind of rally around him. But you also very easily could have named Gardner Minshew your starter this early and just let, let it ride out because Look, I don't think anyone thinks that the Colts are going to make any sort of run this year. And so why, why, I don't know, why cut your teeth with a rookie quarterback? I don't get it. But as a, again, as a Titans fan, I love this decision. I love it because to me, Anthony Richardson is their starting quarterback, the next starting quarterback who will be replaced. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat here, Austin. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Alex Jones is a CIA operative. I'm going. Uh, I'm going. Down I'll eat your way. ass. <laughs> I think that the Colts were legitimately worried that if Gardner Minshew started Week One, that he might have played himself because we all know how likable Gardner Minshew is, right? Oh, definitely. I I love Gardner Minshew, even though he has been a Jaguar and now a Colt. Yes, but he might have. He might not have given Anthony Richardson a shot to take that job back from him. And this whole season, which is already going to be drawn up as a lost year in Indianapolis, Anthony Richardson wouldn't have had any reason to take a snap at quarterback because Gardner Minshew is able to hold that job and keep that job away from a guy who's unpolished, still raw, still having trouble with the basics of playing the quarterback position in Anthony Richardson. I I, I just think that Gardner Minshew, they were worried about Gardner Minshew taking that job and holding on for it for so long that Richardson wouldn't get enough game experience in his rookie year. What do you think? See, and I, I, I don't understand this mindset that we have to get Anthony Richardson to play his like, like, like exactly what you said. And I agree with you. I agree. I I think that probably is the case because if Gardner Minshew wins a couple games, the fans are going to be like, Oh, well, why are you pulling? Why are you giving Richardson a shot now? Exactly. Let's Let's rally behind. Yeah. Let's rally behind Gardner Minshew. 
I don't understand NFL teams mindsets of not letting that happen, not wanting to see that happen or wanting to get your guy in early, get him in as soon as possible. Let's go analogy time. All right. It's been a while. We haven't done an analogy this whole episode. I just moved into a new home uh, in the suburbs of Chicago. Okay. And this home is, it's like a a refurbished, like it, it was basically like they rehabbed it and then flipped it to sell. We move in and upon moving in, we're finding all of these things that they eat did wrong or that were wrong with the house and um you know we're finding little things here that they oh they did a, a shitty job with this you know duct work like up here in in my loft in my little office area here the ac up here kind of sucks and it's because they did a shitty job with the duct work they were so quick to flip this house they they did not you know it, it we're seeing all these things that are wrong with it Whereas if they would have just taken some time with this rehab, then maybe this could have been an amazing house and they could have maybe potentially even sold it for a lot more because we did get this, we did get this house for a much cheaper price than it was originally listed for. So why would you not do so with a rebuild when it comes to your NFL franchise? Why do you feel the need to rush a quarterback out there? You've got time, especially with a rookie quarterback. And I understand like a rookie contract can only last so many years and you want to get that quarterback as much out of that quarterback as you can under that price point before you have Mm -hmm. to eventually pay him. I understand that financial aspect of it, but isn't the whole purpose winning games? Isn't it like all about winning championships I feel like sometimes we lose sight of that and we focus so much on getting good draft picks or, you know, or looking ahead towards next season. Why is it then why, like we look ahead so many times in other aspects of the game, except for when it comes to our quarterback play to where we feel like we have to get these rookies in and get them start playing now, like make the future. Now the future can still be the future. I just don't understand that aspect. I love that analogy, and I I think it's a fantastic point you made because we're coming off a season in which Geno Smith just rose from the ashes to make the Pro Bowl and lead the Seahawks to the playoffs. That's a great great example to kind of just play into it where that was a guy who was rushed in as a a rookie and – was terrible for for a number of years or or maybe he wasn't necessarily terrible but was viewed upon as terrible because of the early tape that he gave us as a rookie same thing with Tannehill. you could say his first few years in in Miami were bad and now look at him he can't knock that that perception and there's definitely a percentage of football fans i think that me and you are uh, with this discussion are obviously in, lumped into this category that believe that Gardner Minshew could start for a handful of NFL teams right now and do like a decent job, like contend for the playoffs, perhaps. I, um, I wish Gardner Minshew was on the Titans roster last season when Tannehill went down, to be honest with you. I would have killed for him to be the Titans backup. Hell yeah. I, I, I just don't think that he fits in the Colts' plans, which is interesting because why would you sign a guy who you're worried about, you know, you know stealing this job away from your, your prized rookie and perhaps leading you to a season in which you're actually competitive and you don't have a top draft pick next year. I don't think Ursay wants any of that. I think he wants Richardson, whether it's, you know, the ugliest season in, in NFL history at quarterback to 
take all those snaps and the Colts to pick in the top five again. I think if you put Gardner Minshew in there, the Colts pick closer to 15. And that's not something that Ursay wants, so he's going to go with the young guy. And people forget that this is also a first-time head coach taking the reins over in Indianapolis and Shane Steichen. So there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of variables up in Indy. And I think they're a long ways away from really figuring it out up there, especially with Jonathan Taylor yet to put on pads in training. Yeah, yeah. It's just very funny to me that a a franchise like the Colts, who were in quarterback heaven for the better part of two decades, split in between by a Curtis Painter hell season. (laughs) And now they can't. They it doesn't matter what they do at the position. They cannot figure it out. It's it's amazing to me that used to be what they were so good at. And now, I mean, they were they obviously got very lucky in the draft by getting two you know, iconic quarterbacks, but it's kind it feels like the way the the St. Louis Cardinals are right now. They used to be the bell of the ball when it came to starting pitching. They were so good. They could do no wrong. They could they could sign Brad Penny in the final years of his career and somehow flip him to be a, a, a like an ace starter again. Like that they, they were so good at making starting pitching great. No matter who they put in those five odds. And now they can't do they like they can't it's, find a starting pitcher. It is terrible. Even Adam Wainwright, it was like in the probably the last year of his career, is terrible now. And it's like that with the Colts and quarterbacking. And I am here for it. I am living for every moment and I'm eating it up. Me too. And it's crazy that they went away from drafting quarterbacks after you know hitting two major home runs with Manning right. and Luck. They went to the free agent pool and they went through Wentz, they went through Rivers, they went through Nick Foles, Sam Ellinger got a shot back there who they did draft and didn't pan out to be anything. Jacoby Brissett was back there for a little while. Like they they tried a handful of different options not through the draft. So now that they have their draft pick, they're obviously all yeah. in on him. Well, and, it, and little... it's weird. It's weird. All those years of like, you know, quarterbacks, you know, quarterback draft classes, basically Trevor Lawrence was in one, you know, like they didn't, the fact that they like didn't try and draft up or trade up for a top of the line, you know, generational talent. And I would put Trevor Lawrence in like that generational pool of quarterback where he's got all the talents, definitely like a number one draft pick. But instead, their first draft pick out of the draft since uh, I'm going to guess Andrew Luck. I mean, like first, you know, starting potentially starting quarterback out of the draft since Andrew Luck is Anthony Richardson. Really? The guy who was like six and six in in the SEC, like that's who you're going to be like, yeah, this is our guy. I, I just don't get it. And I am. But I but I'm loving that I'm not getting it. You know, it's it's like a a brain teaser that I am so happily confused by. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, the old saying goes, never interfere with your enemy when he is making a mistake. Don't get in the Colts way. Let them continue blowing this. Titans fans, don't say anything. Just stay (laughs) mum. Stay mum about this. Let's all stay quiet and like let the Colts kind of play this thing out and be like, yeah, no, no. Yeah, you guys should be pretty good this year. Uh. And while we're fired up about how Anthony Richardson did not look like an NFL starter, going a little further down south into Houston, C.J. Stroud looked just as out of place, if not more so. I mean, that guy had no idea what he was doing. We we talked about... The the uh not the wonderlick it was the, it was that new test they do that the, the oh S2 yeah 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 cognition test where he he did so badly reportedly and you see him and his first pass 
He overlooks an easy 10-yard gain on a check down throw and forces an interception. And I am just sitting here, and I know the Titans DBs are doing the same, just licking their chops. Cannot wait to boost those numbers against a couple rookie quarterbacks in the division. Well, yeah, and it's 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 wild too. I wonder also how much Tim Kelly plays a hand in that. And again, it's one game. It's one preseason game. It's, you know, uh, the, these games mean nothing, but it is our first look at these guys. And I'm curious to see, like, when Tim Kelly was in Houston, he made Davis Mills look like a serviceable quarterback. Davis Mills oh, yeah. put together one of the better, best rookie seasons of that draft class that year. <laughs> not to not to totally rag on Davis Mills, but he has really no redeemable qualities as a quarterback. Like, nah, he's got a he he's got a long move. neck. I don't know. He, uh, he can't move and he can't pass. Uh, right. Tim Kelly made it work. Tim Kelly was a freaking magic man. If if I'm Tim Kelly, I just I hand over Davis Mills's rookie card as my resume to any employer and just say, yeah, this is my resume right here. This guy he wasn't the worst he, quarterback in the league, like, his rookie season. Yeah. If anything, yeah, you could argue that he was one of the best. And now they actually have a very talented quarterback in CJ Stroud as a rookie. I'm curious. I'm wondering, I'm like, I'm, I'm just, I'm wondering what they're going to be able to get out of them without a, you know, a good, a smart, a sharp, offensive-minded person like Tim Kelly, and um, it's a fair question. Time, time will tell, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah it sure I, will. Last thing, um, before we head out, Titans did make a move on Tuesday. They parted ways with seventh-round pick Chris Jackson, who spent. I'm a sorry, years Chris Jackson. <laughs> Chris Jackson. Uh, gave the Titans a lot more than they typically get out of seventh round draft picks. I'm looking at you, Brady Breeze. I'm looking at you, Cole McDonald. Um, but, you, you know, it, he just wasn't fitting in in the team's secondary plans. I don't think he played at all in week one preseason. They did uh, make a move. They added defensive lineman Kyle Pecco, who is a beast with very, very long hair. We'll see how much he gets to play and see if he even makes the roster. But did you say Tyler Petco? It's Kyle, Kyle Pecco. Petco. Mm-hmm. Well, no, there's no T, and there certainly isn't a C. It's P-E-K-O. Oh, I thought you were saying Tyler Petco. It's where the pets go, you know. It is where the pets go. But, yeah, uh, yeah so it's so a little roster move there. It's the first of many, and, you know, we typically see the Titans cut down at this point after the first preseason game, but this year they're waiting till the very end to make a massive cut. But uh, to see Chris, J- Chris Jackson go early, it's, it starts to get a little real for some of those guys in the locker room, I can imagine. Yeah, I bet. Um, w- one final question, and this is kind of an internal debate I've had with myself for a long time. Is it pet smart or pet smart? I think it's pet smart. Pet smart, not pet smart. I think it's pet smart. Yeah, pet smart. smart. See, because I was gonna say it's pets. It's pet smart. I just, I mean, it, it. It's like a, it's a store. It's a mart. I and I that I agree with. It's you, like a Kmart, a Walmart, but for pets. I and that's a great. That is a great point, Jack. And I agree with you because that's that's how I originally felt. But if you look at the logo, the logo, they pet light up is different colors. Red. Mm-hmm. Pet is in red, and smart is in blue. So I agree with you. It should be a Mart, like Kmart, Walmart, 
but it pet is smart. They're telling you that it is not that, and it is instead pet smart. Yeah, just based off of the colors. See, if anything, I think they should make the pet red, the mart blue, and the S that separates the two. They should make that like purple and make Neutral. you decide. You know, oh, right? I like that. When I'm president, you know, that's the first thing that I'm doing. <laughs> they will be getting a letter from me. Vote for Jack Gentry in the 2024. Are you even eligible? No, you're not even eligible to be president. No, you're eight not old eight years away. Jeez. All right. Vote for me for president. Is it 35? 35. How old? 35. I can yeah. I can run for president. This is actually my first um my first election that I can run for president. How old do you have to be to be vice president? That I think is a then something we need to look at because then you and I could run another same ticket. Mm -hmm. Who do you think has the face for candidacy? Me, a thousand percent. I'll let you have that because you're going to take most of the heat. I'm going to be the guy everyone looks to as like, oh, that oh, guy, you know, the, yeah, the top no guy's one, messing up. I, I'd like this guy to run the show. Just like, look, no one wants to be the starting quarterback, okay? Exactly. Everyone wants to be the backup quarterback. Yeah. Best position in football. It's everyone's favorite position. Yeah, like you are, you are going to be the Chase Daniel of my cabinet. Everyone thinks of you fondly, you know? Yeah, you probably get overpaid <laughs> for the work that you do. But you get, you know, you, like at least you're in a sweet gig, and nobody's does anyone do that. Does anyone do any work as the vice president, anyways? I'm not. I'm so trying sure. to think. I'm trying to think of like one famous vice president we've ever had. Well, Dick Cheney did everything. Well, yeah, that's yeah. We yeah, he got his own movie. Uh huh. Uh, and that's that's how I know it. I, I wouldn't have known it. Al Gore invented the internet. That's true. Those are the only two. I think those are the only two like vice presidents I can remember. Um, obviously, Joe Biden went on to become the president, but that's not, not like, was there any other famous vice presidents? Oh, well, obviously, like the vice presidents for the, our presidents that were assassinated, they obviously went on to become president as well. Yeah. And the, this is a good time for me to mention Veep is a fantastic show. If you haven't seen it, Veep. Veep is it? Wow! Look at you! Look at Jack uh, dropping some. Now this is me bouncing back. Like like I said, some Josh Wiley's got to bounce back. I now, have to granted, bounce back from he, the thong song. Look, granted, he's bounce. dropping he's dropping recommendations for uh, shows that have not you know been off the air for uh, you know five or six years, but um, he's dropping recommendations right. nonetheless. You got to start somewhere. Give me some credit, he, Jack. When I made the "I'm sorry, Chris Jackson" joke earlier, did you understand that reference? I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Yes. I okay. Did. All right. Good. I just Come had on. To, I had to ask before we. That's got different here. than the thong song. The thong song can't be that popular. I hate you. So and you know much. what? I've opened up a can of worms, and this is where we gotta go. Is it pet smart or pet mart? Pet smart. Let us know. Sound off at <laughs> Tighten Up Pod on Twitter at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram and at Tighten Up Podcast on Threads. Uh, you should follow A to Z Sports on TikTok and on Instagram and all of the bunch. Uh, you're, you'll see a few of our clips. If you missed any of our clips from AJ Trapasso last weekend, first of all, go back and listen to the full pod because the interview is phenomenal. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, but the clips, you can find some on our Instagram and Twitter pages as well. And you can... Um, you should follow Jack on Twitter at Jack A. Gentry. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. Follow us there. Football season is ramping up, and so we're getting more and more um, vocal. I Oh, speaking of, you know, I, uh, we talked last week about the jersey I saw at Lollapalooza, the Doriel Green Beckham jersey. I saw two great jerseys this past weekend 
at the Bears Titans game at Soldier Field. One was a number eleven Chris Moore jersey. Wow, this early, really? That's got to be family. Yeah. Now, look, was was the name taped over what was presumably <laughs> a previous AJ Brown jersey? Maybe, <laughs> okay. yeah. maybe. It's hard That's to tell. Work. Good it's work. hard to tell, but yes, good work by that guy. Uh, I felt a little weird trying to, I followed him out of the bathroom just to snap a photo of his back, but I was very impressed by his work there, his arts and craft skills. And then also I saw a stitched jersey, like an authentic jersey, Tennessee Oilers. And I know because it had the Tennessee Oilers patch on it. Jack, you're going to love this one because I know I did. A guy by the name of Yancey Thigpen. That's fire. Awesome. It was very well done. How would you say that the Titans fans showed up in Chicago? Were you pleased? Were you underwhelmed? How'd you feel? Um, Uh-oh. I, I'm trying to think. I, I wasn't, I wasn't underwhelmed. But you weren't whelmed. Yeah, I, I was accurately whelmed. Um, I don't think I expected many Titans fans. I think if it was a regular season game, I think I would have seen more Titans fans. So I wasn't going to hold Titans fans for not making the trip up to Chicago, but I did see a lot of Titans gear walking around the streets of Chicago, uh, both before and after the game, which was nice. And then obviously, you know, at the stadium saw a good number of, of Titans fans, but Bears fans didn't even fully show up for it. It was, a, again, a preseason game. So I kind of like I don't put much stock into the play on the field. I'm not going to take much stock into the fans off of the field because it's preseason games. If you're going to go to a game, go to a regular season game. And I don't I will never knock a Titans fan for choosing not to go to a preseason game. That's um, fair. But yeah, so I was I was adequately whelmed for that. You. um. Jack, I guess before we get out of here, do you have anything for the road? Um, No, just a reminder, if you're traveling in the airport, always wear your Titans gear. Titans fans coming back from Chicago, I hope you were strapped up. I hope you wore your Titans gear on the way back just so that Chicago knows Titans fans are everywhere because they are everywhere. Um, Other than that, yeah, when you see the Sode tweet, comment Pet Smart or Pet Smart. It's up to you. But <laughs> yeah, I want to see. We got to know. I, I, I'm, I'm legitimately curious. Is it pet smart or pet smart? We got to know. I want to see that tweet come out and just a flood of comments roll in and everyone else who hasn't listened to the episode yet. Just be like, what in the hell is going on? Why do they keep commenting pet smart under this thing? Yes. So that's oh, what I want yes. from you guys. Yes. That would be yes. funny. Please do it. Please do it. Yeah. Cause then everyone go find the tweet for this. sode and then uh, tweet at us with pet smart or pet smart, because then it's going to confuse the hell out of people who don't it's listen gonna to it. It's going to be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, last thing I will say, I forgot to mention this. We're, this is like us, like clearing out our junk drawer, like finding all of the stuff that we forgot to get to. I was reading Uncle Jim's mailbag this past weekend, mm. and I noticed there was a familiar name on this mailbag: Eldon English from Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, Tuppers, you might know him as the guy who put mayonnaise in his freaking <laughs> margarita. On Cinco de Mayo, <laughs> thus giving him the Tupper of the Year title six months early. <laughs> Eldon English from Knoxville, Tennessee writes, Hey, Uncle Jim. First of all, great nod back to the podcast there. Yes. Three words in and we're already it's already a great nod because he called him Uncle Jim. 
Hey, Uncle Jim, if Mike Vrabel is willing to give up his power in the preseason to give others more experience, as he did Saturday, we talked about it last week, do you think you could do the same for the at Titan Up pod? Give them a preseason britches report to enhance their experience in the field. My man's doing the Lord's work, honestly. I love it, Eldon English. Jim responds, a great thought, Eldon, but I've always been told snitches on britches get stitches. Maybe I could hit them up with another sock scoop. Hey, we take those over here. Jack, do we? I think whether if it's not next week, it's maybe the week after that, like the final week of preseason. We need to get. We need to get Uncle Jim on the pod. Okay, I think we we can make that happen. We need to get him to promise us to a socks report. One look. Are we getting greedy? Yeah, we're getting greedy. Of course, we're getting greedy. Look, is the sequel ever as good as the original? No but we're still going to make them just like Hollywood does. So we need to get another socks report. And here's the thing with us. If you give us an inch, we're going to take you for a mile. There's no doubt about it. If you give us an inch, we're going to take you on a cross country road trip. Okay. We're, we're never going to let down. We're never going to let up. And that is one of the reasons why you listen to this podcast and why you, you subscribe to this podcast and why you give us a rating and a review four and a half stars, to those tighten up idiots and 0.5 stars to buck. Jack, you ready to get out of here? Let's get out of here. I need to go listen to the thong song. It's Vikings hate week. So screw those Vikings. Skull. You suck. Skull drag those Vikings. Yeah. Skull. More like I'm more of a, uh, I, don't even, I was going to name another brand of dip, but I don't, I can't, I'm not, another coming to my mind. I'm already checked out on this week's pod. All right, we're going to get out of here. Vikings suck. Titans rule. Uh, with all of that said, until next week, tighten up. Tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way.